Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Wednesday, November 9, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We got a whole host of stuff on the docket. Let's run through a few of them and then we'll get the party started. First of all, We have the day after 2.0, so we have the day after election, the day after the tinfoil hat event, the market was down today. So the big picture is the bearish wedgish thing that we discussed last night, that's right here, that's actually materializing and we'll have to see what happens in relation to the neckline or the retest, the pending, possible pending retest of the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders pattern. Tomorrow, that's going to come in roughly around 370, give or take. If she closes below the neckline of the inverse head and shoulders pattern, that will begin to reactivate the larger head and shoulders pattern that has a target down to around the 340-ish neighborhood. Tomorrow, there's going to be an 830 Kabuki Theater release of the CPI number. What a wonderful excuse that would be to run the test of the inverse head and shoulders neckline. From there, the question will be this. Do they actually keep going or do the thieves in the morning run the test, bounce off of it, start going higher, and then we have a different scenario on our hands? It's all going to depend on being above or below that neckline tomorrow. Do they even visit it? Do they test it? Are they getting below from an intraday perspective? That's going to tell the tale. They're going to do the CPI kabuki dance. Not that we cover it in here, but we have a crypto situation going on. You have a the emperor has no clothes situation going on. The whole crypto thing is built on the belief that whatever you're holding, whatever token, coin, whatever it's called, is going to be worth something. It has, quote-unquote, some store of value. Now, nobody's ever been able to explain what store of value means in relation to Bitcoin, and it doesn't really matter. We've gone over this before in here. The only reason I want to bring this up, because now all of a sudden you have another, we'll call it, leg on the liquidity stool entering the market. I don't know how, if, or when the liquidity, illiquidity, linking together, meaning do some of the firms that are not crypto-related have any exposure to this crypto-related stuff? And are they going to get brought down by the melees going on? We don't know. That's all an open question. I don't really follow it that closely. I just understand from a periphery slash 30,000-foot view. I can give you the numbers and such. If you want the numbers in Bitcoin, we can certainly provide the next number down in the sequence. It would be 15,550. That doesn't have to be a bottom. In fact, I don't think it will be a bottom. However, I do think they will break below 12. The next number down below 15,5, at least on my screen would be 11,700, give or take. 15.5 is the blue line. The next one down is more major in relation to looking for 
some kind of a bottom slash big time bounce. 87.50 would be really that spot. I don't bring these up. I bring them up now because we're not that far away. These were on my chart when they were at 30, 40, 50,000. I used to get hate mail when I talked about it. I don't need the hate mail. Therefore, I stopped talking about it. Let's just touch on the election results real briefly since it still has some kind of way of impacting the markets. It could be either direction. Remember, gridlock isn't necessarily a bad thing for the market. A Republican sweep, even though it wasn't the wave that they were talking about, they're always wrong. Aren't they always wrong? Isn't the media always, always wrong? But if they do take over the House and the Senate, that's going to mean policy change, a lot of investigations, a lot of tumult, as they say. So we'll see how it unfolds. It's all going to hinge on the inverse head and shoulders neckline. The rest of it is just filler. It's storyline information. It's good for TV. Let's do something. Let's move up a time frame or two, and let's talk about the market just using a different chart, learning a different kind of lesson. Let's say they come down to retest the inverse head and shoulders neckline. In weekly chart terms, what's actually going on until it's not? First, you have a move up off the lows, and then they could be eating time off the clock, building energy for another move higher in a bullish, wedgish, flaggish kind of formation. That's not out of the question, is it now? Forget about what we think, what we know, what we read, what other people say, all the problems are out there. Again, it's still a bounce and a downtrend any way you want to look at it. It's just a question of, did we make the high already? Or will we make a new high or retest the high, just like we've been talking about each and every night? Here's the monthly chart. Let's get rid of this line. That was the inverse head and shoulders neckline. It gets skewed on the monthly chart. So here, they made a low at the 50-month moving average. That's an important place any way you want to look at it. Now, they're doing a retracement roughly halfway down of the low of the test of the 50-period moving average on the monthly chart. So again, this is not out of the ordinary market behavior. In fact, when you look at this, this is normal market behavior. The weekly chart, we don't know yet. If they get below the neckline, we're going to open the door for lower stuff. But if they don't and they're just running a test, they don't close below it on the day and certainly not on the week, then it's the pullback formation on the weekly chart. It's the retrace on the monthly chart. If they get below the neckline, it's likely not. Plus, on the monthly chart, does anybody notice an on-time type of situation? If you don't know what that means, that's mainly because you haven't taken the course, Lazy E-Mini Trader. It's all in there. What I teach is, in part, why time is more important than price and how to use time to your advantage so that you have two components to use, both time and price. When you can put them together, you begin to build, you know what, a full stack situation. Now, think about the term cadence. We're going to go over some detail from inside the numbers today. The commentary will circle back to stocks on the move. Keep in mind the term cadence. We had the cadence of the market today.
Zero Dark Thirty, we don't know the election results, the media was wrong again, all that stuff. We don't really care for market purposes who wins, we do care about market opportunity, which continues to be our focus. At least for now, we've got gridlock situation on our hands and a flattish market to boot. That's what was going on at Zero Dark Thirty. Pay attention, watch how this thing unfolds into multiple opportunities. Let's play umpire, call some balls and strikes for the north and southbound numbers. 381.85 is likely our early bear pivot this morning. That's long gone from where we were this morning by close, but that was essentially, at least from a zero dark 30 perspective, the bear pivot. Now, they didn't get up there today, but wait till you see the number they did get to and when it was put on the board. So we have some lower stuff. We have the 380.50, even big fat round number situation. Below that opens the door for another leg lower, 378.65. Now stay with me on this. Let me just explain this one. Below 380 opens the door for 378.65 or lower. They could spike it. Sometimes they come up short, but that's an important spot. Keep that on a sticky note. On the flip side, we had some higher numbers. We didn't need that. So let's roll up and see what happens as we get closer to the opening bell. The morning starts to unfold, so they shifted. So I say here, they shifted downstream as the morning grew on. If they continue to do the same thing after the open, is there a buy down there somewhere? 378.65 down to 378, give or take, is the zone for the more aggressive trader who is willing to ride it down to 376.85, give or take, that's if needed. So if they're going to break one level, you have to be prepared for that. So on the morning trade, when there's the morning rush going on, things happen quickly, so it warrants understanding your own risk. That's why I call it the aggressive level, because that wasn't necessarily the premium, the best level, the only level they can get to, but it was certainly an important level that can produce a reaction in the other direction. Traders that are experienced with this kind of thing understand that, and if they're willing to take on the risk, that's fine. They understand that the reward can certainly be there. Thought that was worth an explanation. Then what I do is I lay out somewhat of a strategy for those willing to participate, but they're not 100% sure if they want to take on the risk. Half at one, half at the other is another strategy, which means if you take half a position at the 378.65, give or take, price area, then you can certainly gain a profit if they bounce there. If they come lower, you double down at the next one, you lower your cost basis, and then they'll have the bounce opportunity. We call that a something for everyone. And of course, they have to get below 380 first for this to even materialize. Then we have some higher stuff if they bounce. We don't need that right now. So let's take a look at the chart and see what happened. Five-minute variety, SPY 378.65 is the horizontal line running in the middle of the screen. Right of the vertical is today's activity. You can see what happened right around the opening bell, after the opening bell. They came into the spot. They bounced off the spot. They had a nice rip away from the spot on what we call in the trading parlance a rocket ride. They went to exactly 381.14 
That was high of day. Keep that number in mind. In case you were wondering or haven't done the math yet, that represents 25 S&P handles. $2.50 in Spy World, 25, give or take, ES points. How you doing? How about this one? 921. A spike over 381.15 is the first place they'll go on a quick rally. It's also overhead resistance and the gateway to 382. The high was 381.14. Funny how that works. 931. That was before the opening bell. So you had both sides. So when they bounced, you already had the overhead resistance place. We take profit along the way and all that stuff, but you had it in your pocket. 931, right around the opening bell, no change. 378.65 down to 378 is the first spot slash zone they can bounce from. So there's your trade. 937, front end of showtime zone. Traders taking along here. It starts as a scalp with potential. It could take a while and they could still test 378. Short term, 379 is overhead resistance as is 379.35. So what's that saying? That's saying that's a good place for an exit situation. That's the scalp portion. While we were doing that, Disney provided the minimum required base hit. The rest is trader's choice. We'll circle back to those. And then by 9.42, we had a nice trade on the SPY for those that were buyers at the front end of the zone. The aggressive crew. The scalp portion is over. The rest is trader's choice. If they go lower, there's another buy for another bounce. How you doing? Read the notes, pause the video, go back to the chart to double check the work. 9.52, not getting through 3.80, pay attention, keeps the door open for the lower stuff still. Remember, I said if they go lower, there's another opportunity for another bounce. 3.78, give or take, is still on the table as an area for a buy and a bounce, 9.52. Here we are, the candle ending at 10 a.m. in the morning, the five-minute candle. The low is 3.78.15. That's the give part of the give or take. Look at that rip away from it. Nice trade. So let me just make a correction. I made an error before. The first traders got the first bounce. They didn't get the total if they got out or held it either way. It's trader's choice, but the second set of traders, the second bus load, got the full Monty. Either way, you get the point. It pays to know your numbers. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the chart to double check the work. Here it is again, 10.15. 381.15 will likely shape up, they weren't even there, will likely shape up to be the next bull bear pivot. Staying below keeps the door open, for some more chop shop, eating time off the clock slash pull back to 380.50 and maybe 380. Above opens the door for 382, yada, yada. Read the notes, go back to the chart, double check the work. It's all in here and it was all very, very valid. Now, watch this. So I posted a chart. Now this is important stuff because I want you to understand what's going on. Pan back, look at the big picture. So at 12 o'clock, I say, what's actually going on? Why not set you up for the rest of the day so you don't do something stupid? Well, we've got another one of our breakup candle lows. Funny how that works. The morning ran the test. They spiked it and bounced. That was the trade. Now, here's the way it works from here. By the way, 
just so you have the visual on the real chart, this is the breakup candle low that we were referring to. There's the morning trade, and there's the bounce. Back into what? Why is that resistance? The convergence of those moving averages not the only reason, but it's certainly a valid reason. So you have a valid reason why you would buy the low, and then you would also have a valid reason where you would take profit. Again, funny how that works. So here's the situation. The low of day is 377.50. It's also the line in the sand for more selling. The other side is running up to fill the gap left open from last night, 382. Fair enough. In between, there's some chop shop stuff. However, if you close below the low of the breakup candle, what is it? Well, it's not bullish, that's for sure. What do we say? And this is one of those things that's taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. If they're not going to do that and hold the low, and the low isn't going to produce a rally, releasing energy back in the northern direction, then the same energy goes where? Through the trap door the other way. How you doing? What happened? Exactly that. Pause the video. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. Stocks on the move today. We only had two up on the board. RBLX, Roblox, and Disney. Win and SI didn't hit their targets. They're off the board. Disney, three-minute chart. I wanted to blow it up so you could see it. Getting a significant haircut at the opening bell. 88.88. Sounds like Little Caesars for those of you that know that one. And they did provide the minimum required base hit. Jordan and company in the room got it. Yours truly got it. But they did just banter back and forth, and then they started drifting lower. But they did provide the minimum required base hit, so this one operated as designed. The high here was 89.80, little bit more than. How about Silvergate? Now, this one's interesting. It opened below the first number posted on the board at zero dark 30. So what do we do with it? We take it off the board. It doesn't exist. So now what does it look like? It looks like they came into the second number, spiked it by a few pennies, and had a rocket ride in the other direction. Now, it doesn't look like much on this chart. Maybe it looks a little better on the five-minute chart, but you can see here the high that was made on that run was 38.32 from an entry of 34. That's over $4 on a $34 stock. That's more than 10%. How you doing? You never know which ones are going to give you the rocket ride. What's going on over in Camp IWM? My favorite market-leading indicator was somewhat smoked today. Now, from a symmetrical standpoint, we can make a case that they're coming down to run a test of this breakup candle low. They've already done that, but from a symmetrical standpoint like this, it actually makes some sense. Let's say it doesn't hold. I've done some mathematics, and I believe if they start closing below, pushing below 171, it's a little bit higher than that, but we'll use 171 for rounding purposes. If they start getting below 171, I think it's going to be a problem for the bull case in Camp IWM and likely around the horn across other markets. If that's happening, it's likely the S&P is closing below that inverse neckline. Just like that on the daily chart, they've given up all the moving averages. That's a negative signal at least. Same routine on the weekly chart. If they start closing below all those moving averages again after recapturing them, that's certainly a negative sign 
nonetheless. Monthly chart, like we talked about the monthly on the Spider, might as well do it on the IWM. The monthly chart, same type of situation, only different. So they're making a bearish pattern hovering around the 50-period moving average on the monthly chart. These things take a long time. They've been doing it for a long time. They're hovering over the 100. So there's a couple of things going on. Either last month, by making a slight new low and having what we could consider somewhat of a reversal type of candle, recapturing the 50-month moving average, having a good close, closing near the highs on the month. Now, this could be a retrace, and if they go back up, that's something. It's something to hang your hat on. However, the more dominant thing right now is not the one-month possible reversal, but the more dominant thing would be the longer-term pattern that's developing, which is the move lower and the bearish flaggish pattern that results in the release of energy in the southern direction. Little extra analysis in camp IWM today. What about the folks down at the transportation department? So what have they been doing? So we talked about this. They were the canary in the coal mine. They were certainly showing leadership going in the northern direction. They kept going up, pulling back, going up. Here we are in a pullback, so let's understand what we've got going on. This is still not necessarily the worst possible case or bearish scenario for the transport people. They made a run for the breakdown candle high. They didn't quite get there, but they came pretty close. You have a series of higher lows. If that breaks and they make a lower low, this whole uptrend will be deemed over. But that's not that close. Is there something higher? Is there some other number that would tell us this thing is, quote-unquote, failing? 13,200. Start getting below that, and it doesn't look good for the bull case, and the bears would be on what we call in the trading parlance, offense. How about the Q people? This one was always terrible. You had a bearish wedge last night. You have a bearish wedge playing out today. You're below all the moving averages on the daily chart. This was terrible from the jump. Remember the weekly chart? We talked about this one. It's terrible from the jump. Look at the monthly chart. Your last line of defense is that low. Break that low. 237 is the first stop, not the last stop. The next one is a lot lower, and I'll give it to you on an as-needed basis. Pullback in Camp XLF. Again, not the same chart as we just looked at. It could certainly fall apart, but as long as they stay in this upper range... They could just be eating time off the clock, building energy to work through that 200-period moving average. We treat each chart independent of one another. Nice healthy down day for Smash Mouth, and we still have this channel situation. So what did they do? They ran a test around the upper portion of the channel. I drew this line in where I drew it in. It's not to the penny or anything. But it's, you could see from a hypothesis standpoint, they're trading in a channel. If they break below the low of this channel, look out below, there's going to be some selling pressure entering the market. Again, bears would go on offense. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not even possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost. My strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.